teacher. An older Hmong woman called me over to her table. Teacher, try as I had to get my students to call me Patsy. It was usually just teacher or sometimes teacher Patsy. My students were all refugees and immigrants studying English as a second language or ESL. They were adult learners in what we called a low beginning functional work readiness English class. Teacher, Mai called again, this time louder. I moved from the group I was helping to see what she needed. Today we were talking about neighbors and I'd ask students to write about their neighbors in the US and their neighbors back home, wherever that was, in Laos, Thailand, Somalia, Ethiopia, Vietnam, Burma, and so on. I smiled at Mai as I kneeled down next to her to see what she'd written on her paper. It was blank. Mai, I said, do you understand what to write? You need to write some words about your neighbors here in America and some words about your neighbors back in Thailand. A woman of about 60, Mai put her hand on mine gently like a mother might pet her grown daughter. Teacher, Mai said, in Thailand, neighbors good, neighbors help. Help me with children, help grandmother to walk, bring vegetables, bring rice, take care of baby. Thailand neighbors, very good. Okay, that's great, I said. It sounds like you had wonderful neighbors. What about your neighbors now, in America, in St. Paul? Teacher, Mai said, shaking her head and patting my hand. I don't know. I don't know neighbors. America, neighbors no talk. Say hi, smile, say how are you, go inside. No talk, no help. I've heard this sentiment expressed for years, pretty much every time I talk to immigrants and refugees about their neighborhoods. Regardless of the many different home cultures and languages of students in the room, I generally hear the same conclusion. In America, neighbors don't talk. They say hi, smile, and go inside. I remember another student, a gentleman from Cambodia, who once asked me about a holiday, or who was telling me about a holiday they were celebrating coming up at his home that weekend. It sounded like a huge crowd of people was arriving to spend the weekend with him, literally dozens of mouths to feed. He smiled and laughed as he described it. His excitement and joy were palpable. Wow, that's a lot of people, I remember remarking. Where will you put them all? He had smiled graciously at me. Teacher Patsy, he said. At my house, always room for one more cousin at the table. Always room for one more uncle, one more aunt, one more child to sleep at my house. At my house, one more, always okay. These students make me pause. How many of us are happy to host a relative or two overnight or for a weekend, but any more than that, and we probably scope out the local hotels and make polite recommendations. I wonder how my students maintain this remarkable level of generosity and hospitality in a new culture 
one that has likely been less than warm toward their arrival. I wonder how generosity has been planted so firmly and deeply in their hearts that not even war, refugee camps, separation, poverty, culture shock, or language barriers can weaken it. As an ESL teacher, I have been blessed with an unexpected gift. I have been handed another lens, a window into how we might open our homes and our hearts differently. I wonder if we followed their example, what would we learn? How would our lives unfold differently? How would our children be affected and their children? I wonder if we'd conclude, like the gentleman from Cambodia, that one more is always okay. Come, let us worship together. <laughs>